It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's played for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and it's into the net! Solskjaer has won the European Cup for Manchester United! of the Stratty cast. My name is Dale O'Donnell and I'm joined by a Spurs fan, um, an editor of a, a podcast, a website and of course a fanzine as well. Flav, how are you? I'm very well mate, thank you very much for inviting me on. Tell us about the fighting cock. Uh, we, start, something we started about three years ago when uh, our only podcast that Spurs had was the Spurs show and while it's very good at what it does, it was a bit vanilla for my liking and we kind of thought we could maybe do something not necessarily better, but different from what was out there already. So we set up the podcast. I set it with, set it up with a, um, a friend of mine called, uh, well, he goes by the name of Spooky Online, but mm. uh, he runs Dear Mr. Levy, which is probably the best Spurs blog out there. Even non-Spurs fans can read that and enjoy it. Uh, so we started doing the podcast. That grew in popularity. Then we started... Um, doing the 1882 movement which is about bringing atmosphere back to White Hart Lane and supporting the young players as well so we go along to the youth games and sing our arts out for 90 minutes as we do in the uh, as many first team games as we can possibly get to it's very difficult at White Hart Lane given the capacity of our ground um, we also run a printed fanzine the only printed fanzine at, uh, at Tottenham with three, three issues into that uh, and we have the blog as well you said I was the editor but I'm not actually the editor it's a man okay. called but Party, but um, yeah, I kind of run the whole thing with the help of many others. Just before we do get into previewing the game, speak more about say the the movement and and move on to the fanzine, the fanzine culture, and so on. Um, the movement we've similar stuff at Manchester United. We have um, fans united and and Stratford and flags at D with banners, and we we've yeah. mu- we've multiple different things. We've singing section now and so on. 
how um how how are Spurs in terms of dealing with fans? Are they easy to work with? Or my opinion of Tottenham, the the people that are employed by the club, mm. is when I say Tottenham, I consider my fellow fans and myself to be Tottenham, and the people that run the club to be the owners of uh, a a a company that's taken over that kind of idea. Uh, but anyway, they've been very good, in, in my opinion. We've had very few issues. There are kind of some issues to do with standing and um, and some of the songs that are being sung. But I've got nothing but uh, praise for the way the people that I have spoken with at the club and do work with, Jonathan Waite, who is our uh, SLO, um, and Sue Tilling is our safety officer. They've actually been really good and they've made it very easy. And I think they understand what what 1882 movement is trying to do um, there are many many fans that want to support their club vocally I mean you've said about your singing section there at Old, Tra- Old Trafford you've got the, um, the Green Brigade at Celtic you've got um, Homesdale Fanatics at, uh, at Crystal Palace there's a there's a movement growing in football that's against the, the kind of the, the way the game's gone and the kind mm-hmm. of Sky Sports idea about what football is and really sit down and shut up yeah that 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 kind of idea and for so for a long time it's been that um but i think a lot of fans given the money you're playing you're, you we're, we're paying you, you kind of had enough we've had enough of just going to a game and being told to sit down and shut up and and watch players that we have no connection to that can't understand what it might mean for someone to pay 60 pound to go into a ground to just have to sit there and say nothing and actually, there's a lot more to enjoying a football uh, match than, than winning. And belonging to a club like Tottenham and, and indeed Man United, it, it, these clubs are amazing, amazing clubs to belong to. And singing your art out for 90 minutes is as enjoyable as watching them win every week. There's mm. so much more to gain from football than just paying your money and watching them play. Brings us nicely into the, the fanzine talk, this, because you, you speak about... Uh this new modern culture in football and fans that go to games and don't necessarily sing and now we have movements to try and bring that back and people miss it. Manchester United lost a fantastic fanzine a month or so ago in Red Issue. And yeah. Red Issue, in the last editorial, they elaborated on the reasons why. Um, they just had enough of these selfie sticks, half and half scarves and these happy yeah. clappy fans and people coming up to people selling the mag on the forecourt of Old Trafford asking where the ground was uh, and things like that they had, they had enough of and I don't blame them but it's still they were they were a great publication now we're down to two we have now that we stand and, and read news and up and down the country in the UK fanzines are closing the whole time I know there's, there's I've heard of three or four ones re- recently setting up but they're dying out to the digital you know what world. it is mate? Right, what it is is uh, it, it's success, and United are better at dealing uh, with the fallout of success than most other clubs because you've had it for so long. Hmm. But success isn't a good thing for a football club. It isn't because it attracts the wrong type of fan. And by saying by saying the wrong type of fan, uh, I'm not necessarily saying if you're from overseas that you can't support the club. Of course you hmm. can. You can go 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 along. But if you've got someone who's Going up to a, a seller of a fanzine asking where the ground is on the forecourt of the, the actual stadium, that's ridiculous. And the problem is, is that that person is buying a ticket and he's pushing up the price of a, uh, of a ticket, uh, which means that 
fans that would otherwise make noise, probably, uh, are unable to go. And I think that there is an issue, and this is, again, an idea that's perpetuated by Sky Sports, that success and the top four finish is the only thing that matters. It isn't. That's what It matters to Sky Sports because they can sell that. But to Tottenham or to, to Stoke or to Crystal Palace and should be to United, a top four doesn't matter. Not, not being able to, to, to be able to play Falcao in your under-21s as you have, to, uh, have tonight, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be able to do that. If Falcao wasn't there, it wouldn't matter. Mm. If it, do you know what I mean? It, 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 there's, there's this obsession with success. And sustaining success at a football club ultimately destroys it. And you've seen at Man, Man City what's happened there. I mean, did you hear... I mean, I'm sure you reveled in this, but the complete lack of atmosphere when they played against Barcelona in the Champions League, it was ridiculous. And if that's what happens when an oil baron buys you out and makes it your plaything, becomes a, a corporate entity, a global corporate em- entity from being a local grass, grassroots football club as Man City was, to becoming what they have become now, to having absolutely no atmosphere, at that, I'm not even going to call it the Yetihad, the city of Manchester Stadium. Council right? House. Yeah, so, to, to be in a morgue, and they can't be happy with that. They might gloat about their t- team being a, uh, a good team, but they can't be happy with the experience, the match day experience. I, I wouldn't be. No, absolutely, and I, I think uh, and I don't know what, what developments they had, but the last time I read, they were un- they were looking to get a, uh, a capacity expansion, which when you cancel out your ground already is, is ludicrous, um, crazy. But you know Tottenham, you know Tottenham, uh, uh, we're we're planning on building a new stadium. Mm. Uh, it looks that there was a, I don't know much about how much your listeners will know about this, but be, uh, we've had this long running uh, saga where essentially Spurs have bought out all the land around the stadium and are ready to build apart from this one uh, little um, company that's, that creates kebab skewers or something. And they, they were served the CPO to move, which means that Spurs will now be able to build a 61,000-seater stadium. Interesting. It, yeah. Is that something that we really want? I mean, the idea is that you'll be able to sell the stadium out, buy the players that you want, and then... Uh, go on to much greater things. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's finishing, instead of finishing fifth, maybe finishing third. Yeah. What you're potentially giving away in building this new great big stadium is everything that you've built and and all of the things that make you love your football club. So I'm unconvinced that actually building a 60,000-seater stadium is actually a good thing. So anyway, sorry, mate. To answer your question about the fanzine, um, how's it doing? How's How's it selling? We've only we've only um, we've only printed three, okay, uh, and we've it's taken us a year to do that. Uh, the the second one is sold out. The third one we've got a couple hundred to shift. Uh, we only do it online though. We don't sell outside the ground. Okay, and there's reasons for that, mainly down to the uh, the bureaucracy of the local council, and to be honest, none of us can be asked. Um, it's uh, you know. Sort of change. I just want to go to the when when it's match days. I want to go to the game, hmm. have a beer, and, uh, and see my family. Do you know what I mean? There is something I've always enjoyed about going to games and picking up a, a, a fanzine. And I know people that do it home and away. They might pick up a Stoke fanzine. I know the OK and so on. We, hmm. we, we we've done it. We've done a piece with them. 
uh, and the stick they get from Arsenal fans and so on. But that's the whole part of fanzine culture. You know, they say it how it is, and sometimes it can be satire. And I do, I do enjoy that to an extent. Red Issue was a great publication, and so often it got bad press, but bad publicity and good publicity. It's all the one, isn't it? Publicity is publicity. Red Issue kind of courted that that controversy, though, didn't they? They they knew what they were doing. And it was very much for a, a, a kind of archetypal, traditional football supporter. Mm. And that has to be applauded. Mm. Um, and it was a shame that it went out. Absolutely. Um, Spurs don't have... Uh, we haven't had a fanzine since the Spur, which was a, a absolutely amazing publication. Um, and it's part of the reason why we put... Uh, the 1882 movement, we used the Spurs logo uh, as, as, as it's kind of basis of, of the logo we used for 1882 and it was a homage to that that old and kind of old traditional way of supporting football um, that, that we thought it'd be a good idea to stick that on, on, on all the publicity we make for 1882 but the Spur fanzine was fantastic but we don't have one at Spurs we, apart from the Fighting Cock which you can only buy online there is there is no other printed fanzine at Tottenham and there hasn't been for many years we've never been that kind of football club for some reason Okay, um, so going into the game, you, you mentioned something about the the chance of having a new ground and selling off the current one and making money to buy in new players and so on. But one one player that's come through the U Academy, he's doing very well well lately for Spurs and kind of shows off a few, shows over a few people that a few strikers in the league people spent big money for this year. Harry Kane, um, fantastic this season. And um, put two two great goals past Arsenal in the in the derby for you, um, and Chelsea. And Chelsea. Tell tell us about us this season for him. What he means to, to Spurs fans, and are you, are you surprised? Uh, yeah. In, in about three years ago, I put out a tweet in 2011. It was saying, "I know he's young, but Harry Kane will never make it at Tottenham," uh, and to this day, he still gets retweeted. Um, he. It's like it's it's kind of like a fairy tale. It, you don't you don't expect you never expect a youth. I mean, uh, you guys do because you have uh, a history of it with the um, you know with Scholes and Butt and Beckham and uh, yeah. the Nevilles. But so Spurs, it hasn't really happened, and we we had a a kind of development culture placed on the club about three or four years. No, maybe about five five years ago. And we decided that there was going to be a lot of money put in youth development and it's starting to come to fruition. And Harry Kane has got huge amounts of plaudits and rightly so, 26 goals in his first full season at 21 years old is a ridiculous return and it's incredible. But we've got six, six players in our, the, in our the, first team that have come from our youth academy. Because the United blogger, I can't take the name off my head, that interviewed Harry Kane started a season for um, one of the online publications and asked him about his aim for the season. I think he said that he wanted to hit double figures or something like that. Yeah. And he's up to hitting over 20 goals now. You know, that's a massive, massive achievement. I'll tell you what it is about him. His ability to hit the net uh, or to find the target. I know it's a cliche hmm. uh, to say that he knows where the goal is, but he, he he seems to be able to find a corner where you don't expect him to. With that header against Arsenal, the second goal. It was... It, it was it, I, I can't put into words the feeling I had for him to score that goal against them. It was, it was, it, that's what football's about. It doesn't matter where you finish in the league. There's glory to be had at any stage. And that moment was 
unbelievable. When I was laughing actually after that game, one of your chances or something was he's one of your own. Fair enough, it's one of your chances. But I know what's happening. Arsenal fans on, on social media were nearly taking. Um, I tell you, we're gonna gloating about these pictures of them as a kid, and I was kind of thinking, you just fucking lost your local derby a second. Why are you yeah. taking this kind of? Oh yes, he was one of he was actually one of our own. He doesn't play for you anymore. And he just put two goals past you in Spurs bet you in a derby. Come off your high horse. You know what I mean? Mate, that's uh, Arsenal fans for you. Uh, <laughs> look, it doesn't matter. He, he, everyone does stupid things, and no doubt what he did was stupid. The fact that he allowed that badge to go anywhere near him is a mistake <laughs> it's more a mistake if he's kind of you know the people around him taking care of him and maybe social services need to look at that but he's he's uh he, he's one of us it doesn't matter what he did in the past he he, he, he that that picture of when he was in the arsenal youth team was mm. at some sort of like training camp like today like aussie <clears throat> ardelli soccer school but what he's doing now is real it's kind of like an ex-boyfriend of your wife coming to gloat that they once held hands at school. It's kind of that, it's that, it's that level of uh, pettiness. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he, he stuck it past them in that way and, and on the back of Chelsea, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a rare thing that I, I, I can't put into words how great it has been to watch that and to experience it with him because he's like a player that although he's earning more money than I could ever conceive of, and for a long time I've been complaining about the difference between the, those, the, the wages that people earn on the, on the terraces and those that, you know, and that of which they earn on the pitch. Mm. But he's more like me than any player I've ever seen at Spurs. And that can also be said for Bentaleb, for Mason, for Rose, for, for Townsend, and, um, yeah, and Walker. These are rich men, but they're kind of my kind of rich men. You know what I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't think of any other way to explain it other than that. It, there's something going on at Spurs at the moment that ain't necessarily about the individual. What have you and met? I think that comes back to po- Pochettino. Mm, that's that's what, what, why have you met a Pochettino? I think he's. Uh, I, I, we we made a tweet earlier today that said that. For the first time in the history of, of following Tottenham, the most important person we need to keep is the manager. Like mm-hmm. we have, we have great players. Loris is, is, along with De Gea, probably the best best uh, keeper in the I've league. I've had this argument with sports fans before. Who's better? I don't care, mate. To be honest, <laughs> I, I I don't give a shit. De Gea is really good. Loris is fantastic. I, who cares? They're both great goalkeepers. I don't need to know who's better. If he, if if Loris is playing well for Spurs, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be obsessed over the fact that there's another good keeper in the league. Well, I tell you, when, when we lose David De Gea, Loris will definitely be a goalkeeper on the top of my list. He's fantastic. He's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen with my own eyes, like in the flesh. There, there isn't. I mean, I, I, De Gea. Do you know? Um, I, I would say. Uh, like just to answer your, just for the sake of answering your question, I would say Loris is better because he um, he pulls off saves that you wouldn't expect him to. But not only that, commands an area around uh, the, the kind of defensive third that he shouldn't have the right to do as a goalkeeper. 
mm. and you would expect uh, De Gea, given the fact that he plays at Man United, to do a little bit less. That said, De Gea in goal, it's not even that he has to do anything spectacular. He's so good at reading the game that he's in the right position at the right time. So when people say, oh, the shot was at him, he had to read the game and be in that position in order to to, to, to save it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, do you know what? I don't. I, I never really care about players and who's better and who has the best players. It, it doesn't bother me at all. They're employees of a football club, fundamentally. Funnily enough, on that note, a Spurs fan did tweet in a question for you. He said, how many United players will get into the current Spurs eleven? None. <laughs> uh, I looked at do you know what the funny thing is is I was looking at your at your squad mm. it's ridiculous how many players how many what you would consider to be world class players on paper on paper yeah on paper yeah like um, Di Maria uh, Van Persie Mata uh, Falcao uh, that, I want to ask you about Blint actually but mm. There's so many players there. Rooney, I didn't even mention. I nearly forgot Wayne Rooney. That that's ridiculous. What's going on at your club? <laughs> um, what is going on at Manchester United? Well, how can like? Sorry, just to cut you. The the, the thing that that is great about Tottenham at the moment is there doesn't seem to be an individual. Hmm. There seems to be a uh, an, an ethos, an ideology that the players are getting behind, and that's why I'm really loving being a Spurs fan at the moment. We're three points behind you. There's no way that the that the uh, media should be giving Van Gaal that much stick because you're in running to finish in the top four. Spurs ain't getting any stick. We used to with AVB when we spent seven hundred million or whatever it was. Yeah, so is it because your players you're underperforming? What what's the deal? I'd firmly agree with what Roy Keane was saying last night, um, and I wouldn't always agree with what Roy Keane says, but I always respect what he says. And the two boys, Ian Wright and Shear were talking about the money that's been spent, and you, you, you just touched on that. Um, some of the players that we already had, the fan halves come into, have taken time to adjust to this new philosophy, new systems, and he's, he's chopping and changing systems a lot. He doesn't know yet what's his best and what's his best start in 11. That's fine, takes time. And then you have new players coming in that cost a lot of money. There are new surroundings, new settings, new players. And... When you have a new manager, it takes a lot of time. I think for Chelsea this year, and they're starting to click, their manager's been there two years. They're, and they're, they're, the new players are coming into a, a group of players that are already steady and, and, and ready to, to go marching on. I think next yeah. season you'll see a different Manchester United. What's going on? I think a problem is the manager still doesn't know his best starting eleven, his best set-up. But you give him time. You get, when you spend that money... That money doesn't guarantee that straight away you hit the ground running. And I know it's been a few months down and you expect he should know his better, best system and so on. But he doesn't. And he's a manager of high calibre. And pe- someone said, asked me on Twitter the other day that you weren't so patient with David Moyes. And I wasn't. I didn't, wa- I didn't want David Moyes there from day one. He, he wasn't of that calibre for Manchester United. And the one... The one bit of criticism I have of um, Louis van Gaal is in press conferences, he doesn't want to talk about tactics. And he, he he feels he doesn't have to he can't be questioned, but some of those decisions are made against Arsenal the other night. I back him all the way, but questions have to be asked. That's Manchester United we're talking about, and questions have to be asked. No matter who what you are, there was times where Ferguson had questions had to be answered. Every manager goes through it, and I think I think a matter of time we will hit the ground running. 
you know what I love about Pochettino hmm. is that he doesn't want to ask it. Uh, he doesn't want to answer. He doesn't want to be asked any questions. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah. Want, Van he does the same. If he could, if he could, he wouldn't do an interview. You know, uh, at, at Southampton, he was. He did every interview in uh, in his native tongue. I think it's Spanish. It might be Portuguese. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's funny if some managers are like that. I think it was, it was Tony Pulis that stands up and he. As a as a press conference, he looks down upon the journalist like he's some dictator. So in his little, um, he, he's like he's modelling the the club store. He's, he just looks a, a clown. But I I, I do okay. get I do okay. get the fascination with, with managers that don't want to be asked questions. But look, like, I, we've look what, what you Dale mate. We we've had Tim Sherwood <laughs> and fuck and uh, Harry Redknapp. Two men that just wouldn't shut up for the life of them. And you'll see with a Villa. I mean, I'm actually enjoying these little stint at Villa because it's not happening to Tottenham. Um, but he, he's, we've had so much, so long of, uh, so much experience of managers that will say stuff for the sake of saying it because it, it furthers their ego. They've made friends. Tell you what, what, what scares me about Tim Sherwood. Everything he says seems to fit into seven seconds because there's always fines <laughs> being made. He, uh, then you go on about Harry, Re- or Harry Redknapp. Uh, mm. He was so desperate for an interview, he climbed out his car window. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't a fan of either of that. And there were many Spurs fans that were. They liked them. Are, uh, are, are and, you and confident this, this weekend? To, to, well, yeah, going back to Pochettino, he, I, I am confident. I'm confident. I, I've never been more confident as a, as a Tottenham fan. And mm. if you look at our first 11 and yours... We shouldn't even be having this conversation. We should be looking at it going, at best, we can expect a point. But given the the, the, the way we're playing and the, and, and the fact that the manager, uh, the players clearly believe in the manager's ideology, but key to this, right, and this is the this is the crux of what Tottenham have become, is a team that will run and run and run. And you can see the amount of late goals that we've scored. It's enabling players that have the skill and ability to change a game at a time where they shouldn't really be able to do that. So Kane is scoring goals, but Ericsson, who isn't necessarily known for his uh, tracking ability or his ability to press, is doing work that he has no right to be doing as a number 10. And uh, I'll tell you what, Pochettino did an interview after we beat Chelsea. Um, We had a few days rest and uh, a few days before our next game. And they said, uh, Mauricio, what, what's going to happen to the club now? Is it, uh, sorry, the players now? Is it rest, rest, rest? And he looked at me and went, no, training, training, training. I've never seen a more fit bunch of uh, Tottenham Hotspur football club players than we have currently. And I'm going into it hopeful. I mean, we've had a good, good run up there. Even Sherwood managed to beat you lot. And that must have hurt. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Scoreline prediction? I'm going to go 5-0 Spurs. <laughs> I always go 5-0. I think we're going to win 5-0 every game, to be honest. I don't I don't usually do predictions, but I think when someone says they're going to beat us 5-0, I have to balance it up some way. I think um, United have to win at home. They have to win all the rest of the games at home to want to get top four. And I have massive doubt if we, if we don't win this weekend that we, we, we won't get it. And I think if we don't get top four, we want the best goalkeeper in England next season. Um... So, prediction. I always hate to one, but mm. two 0 two 0 United. Both. 
but then again, you have the two best goalkeepers in, well, look, in, the, in the league, so it's going to be tight. If you don't finish top four, what happens, Dale? What really happens? Nothing. But United will still be there next yeah. year. You'll still be going for it again. Yeah. If Bangal sorts his shit out, it, it, it'll be going for the league. It don't really matter if you don't finish top four. Well, the Champions League ain't all that. Well, I'll just ask you a question. Yeah, go. Ask, ask, ask his manager. Like. Yeah, uh, Roj, tell me about Rojo. Been our best centre half this season. That's not really. That, that's, not, that's not saying much, by the way. That's not saying much. Outside the club, it's like he's okay. Yeah. I'll tell you who is. Who, it looks like he's won a, won a competition to play for Man United, Smalling, but. Is that true? Is that is that harsh? No. And I'll tell you, it's, it's not harsh because when you read Fargie's book, he, or I'm sure you haven't, or if you have, have no. fair play, he speaks about leaving the likes of Small and Jones and, and Evans because he believes that they, they will be the future Manchester United. And I've talked about this lately, and I could come in, come in for a stick saying this. Rio Ferdinand was a fantastic defender for Manchester United and probably the best the club has ever had. Um, but I'm not totally sure. Did he reach such potential because he was positioned beside Nemanja Vidic? Now, Johnny Evans looked fantastic when he played beside Nemanja Vidic one season and looked like he was the next big thing at Manchester United. And since he's gone, Vidic, all these defenders look ordinary, really, really ordinary. Small and... has had a few good games this season. Since he got sent off again, after he got sent off against City, he came back after suspension had three or four really, really solid performances. Um, Jones, at the start of the season, was just uh, average. Look, if, we're, if we want top defenders, you can't see any of them are anywhere near the top. Rojo looks to be slowly but surely settling at the club. But he's been our best in the half this season. Again, it's not saying much, but at times Van Hal is pushing him out to left, left back where he played the World Cup. And to yeah. be honest, I've never seen him play well at left back at United. And I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, we we need we need to reinforce back there. To be honest, I still think we might need to. But Rojo, I remember Vidic's first few months, he was terrible, not terrible, but he wasn't he wasn't good. Um, Rojo, I hope he'll get there, but I'm still not convinced about any of us in the half at the moment. And what about your your defensive midfield? Because who who plays there? I mean, is do you? The formation you played is typical across the Premier League at the moment with uh, two deep-lying midfielders and three mm. behind a one. Mm. Okay, so... Well, well, look, we've, we've played that a few weeks. Every week we've, we're playing something different, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. So, would, and that would be... Um, sorry, who, who would that be? A blimp? Well, at the start of the season, well, no, he was injured at the start of the season, Carrick, and he came back, and we went on a game, like eight or nine games unbeaten, winning all, yeah. and he was fantastic. Um, and then it, it seemed around around that period that when Carrick was in the team, Blind would play left-back or Shaw would. Or, but Blind always could have had a spot in the team. Van Hal always had a spot for him, and they're obviously very friendly. They play with him at the World Cup and so on. And I do like Blind. I think Blind has, has the makings of, of, of a good footballer. Um, but at the moment when I watch him, the, the best description I could give him is like Carrick Light um, in the App Store. Yeah. Carrick is, is, is quality and he's he, I think he's 33 this year and there's talks from getting a one year contract and a big big Carrick admirer but he can't go on forever and I think Blind it was, a, was a perfect sign for someone that can fill in that mould with, with a bit of time under his under his belt um, he's been good 
and he's very very tidy in possession but there's some parts of his game that need a bit of cleaning up and as as a matter of time I think he is a player that I'm really looking forward to seeing I watched um, at set the, the 1-0 defeat against um, Southampton and in the first half he just covered so much ground his reading the game was fantastic mm. um, and he's very very tidy and I think it's only a matter of time for he does find his grasp and maybe be the ideal replacement for when Carrick does leave uh, Carrick was one of the. I would put Carrick along with Modric, Bale, Berbatov as the players that I would desperately didn't want to leave Spurs. You think of the the the, the players that were left us mm. and, and the team we could have had if they hadn't just you know shown a little bit of loyalty, just a little bit. But Carrick was well up there. I, I've been a huge fan. He was so good at Tottenham, and I, I wasn't surprised when. United came in and bought him, but he, he was top draw. But I, I'm just looking at your first eleven, and it seems the issue is that defense, that that kind of defensive midfield area or the central midfield area. And I mean, Fellaini was against Arsenal was playing forward, and there seems to be a lot of long ball, balls going to him, um, which is a bit odd considering you've got I don't know if Matt is injured, but you've got no, Matt, no, like, he's not, no, Matt's not, he's not, uh, Matt, Rooney. Um, uh, Di Maria Yamazai it just seems so fucking bizarre before we wrap it I, did, I didn't want to touch on the Arsenal game defeating the, the FA Cup but what really killed that for us it was a good first half performance in the second half whatever happened with Herrera I don't know but bringing on Michael Carrick as much as I rate him very highly mm. absolutely killed the game the reason it did you two deep lying midfielders and you had no one no midfielder there like Herrera that wasn't playing particularly well but he was there he was willing to take risks going forward and match up play and I was thinking if you're going to take him off and actually have a go with Arsenal you bring on Mata he's not like for like but he's like for like in the sense that he will take risks going forward he, he will make those true balls and I just thought with, with both Di Maria or not Di Maria sorry um, don't, don't get me started on him with both Carrick and, and Daly Blind as two deep lying midfielders, we were pissing in the wind. Yeah, and then th- yeah, that that was it. And I hope, I hope against Spurs the weekend, if we've any chance, we we can't just sit back and and ex- expect wonders to happen. It's expect your defence just to, to to split at each side and open up a big gap. We need to make that gap. We need to push you to make you force you to make mistakes, as you will do to us, and you will do that to us because Ericsson does that to teams. And, mm. and that's the way you set up and you set up to do that. You you keep the ball and you make defences to make mistakes and Do you know, do you know what it is? <clears throat> no matter who we play, it's the same same philosophy philosophy, which is press, 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 uh make them make a mistake and then exploit. That that's all it is. And that's when we're playing best. We play best against teams that uh come out at us. So at Old Trafford I can't see United doing anything other than going for a win um, the only times we've struggled is when a team's closed up and it's difficult to break any kind of Premier League team down in that instance but. Flav how can listeners if they want to follow the Fighting Cock on Twitter and like you on Facebook yeah uh, you can follow us at Love the Shirt on Twitter if you're a United fan and you want to follow us that's strange <laughs> but you're more than welcome and uh, twi- uh, uh, Facebook's uh, Facebook dot com forward slash the fighting cock before we go yeah. not just Spurs not just United 
I'm going to ask a few fans this before, before the season ends. Player of the season. What, across the Premier League? Across Premier League, yeah. Oh, Harry Kane, no doubt. Mate. Really? Yeah, obviously. No Matic? I'm surprised you're even... Uh, who? Matic? I well, that Chelsea geezer. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Mate. Harry Kane, all day. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Cheers. All right, it's been a pleasure, Dale. Thank you, mate. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.